This Perek Rama begins to discuss Mitzvah Vav and Zion, the sixth and seventh Mitzvah of the ten Mitzvahs that you said the Torah is based on, namely the Mitzvah of sanctifying Hashem's name, making a Kiddush Hashem, and not desecrating Hashem's name. Halacha Aleph. Kol Beis Yisrael, the whole house of Israel, all Jewish people basically, Metzuvin al Kiddush Hashem, Kagod Lazer, are commanded to sanctify this great name of Hashem. So why is this topic included in the laws of Yisrael, the fundamental principles of Torah? Because besides for the mitzvah of believing in Hashem and unifying Hashem and not considering the possibility of there being any God besides Hashem, one actually has to be willing to give up his life, we'll see soon, to maintain those mitzvahs. Also, like it says in Tanya, that a person's willingness to give, Hashem, to, to give up his life for Hashem is a fundamental motivation for the whole ter- all, all of Torah mitzvahs. Okay. What are we up to? Sorry. You shall sanctify me amongst the Jewish people. We are warned against desecrating Hashem's name. Shem the Basak says, You shall not desecrate my name. What's an example? How do you fulfill the mitzvah of making Kiddush Hashem and refrain from making a Hashem? When a Gentile stands up, arises, not, not a government, just, just an individual with big muscles or a big gun. Yeah, this is necessarily forces a Jew. to transgress one of the mitzvahs. which is in the Torah. This is just for his enjoyment, not to spite. Simply because he wants, you know, I'm hungry. And he forces the Jewish person, for example, to cook an egg for him on Shabbos. Oh, Yargenu, where he says, if you don't do it, I'll kill you. He has to allow himself to transgress the mitzvah, not to give up his life. Shinema, the Pasuk says, mitzvahs, regarding mitzvahs, a person do mitzvahs and live by them. Live by them, not to die by them. If the person chooses death rather than doing the mitzvah, he's accountable for his life. In other words, he's considered to have given up his life for the wrong reason, almost like suicide. Now, we'll see that there's exceptions to that concept, but, the, uh, uh, but in a nutshell, this is the basic requirement. Um, there's exceptions to this also. They're pointed out that certain people argue in the Rambam. It depends if it's an individual who wants to inspire the rest of the Jewish nation. But as a, as, as a basic rule, this is the requirement. Allow himself to, excuse me, do the mitzvah, not allow, or the Avera, not allow himself to be killed. Base. Ba'medva, when does this apply? Misha'ar mitzvahs regarding other mitzvahs. The exception being idolatry. The Gilead is forbidden relations. Shechazdam, murder. However, these three averas, these three sins, if a person tells him, do one of them or to be killed, right? So the mafia comes and tells you, kill your business partner or I'll kill you. Then you have to allow himself to be killed, not to transgress one of these three mitzvahs. The same thing applies to idol worship or forbidden relations. When do we say that a person is supposed to transgress the mitzvah in order to save his life? When this guy again, who is not a government entity, just just a guy with a big muscle or a big gun, has his intention is for his own benefit, but not for spite. He commands him to help build the house on Shabbos, or to cook for him on Shabbos. Or he forces a woman who, is, in this case, is an unmarried woman, to have relations with her, or, or any other example like that. His intention is not simply to spite against the Jewish people in Torah. He simply wants to enjoy himself. He's forcing the Jewish person to be involved in the sin. However, if his intention is simply for spite to make him transgress, then it depends if he's alone or not. If he's alone, there's no one besides him and the guy. There's more people, but there's not ten other Yidin. He should again transgress and not allow himself to be killed. If, however, this guy wants him to transgress the mitzvah for the purpose of um, 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 just, just for spite, 
And there's ten Yidin. Of the other mitzvahs, not the three. Right. Those three, the, the big three we said earlier, then you always have to allow yourself to give, give your life up. But over here, where, he's, tra- where he's, trans- he's making him transgress just for spite. And he is doing it amongst there's ten other Yidin around. Then Yehog Vayaver, he should, he should allow himself to be killed. Not transgress the Avedo. Even if it's one of the other mitzvahs that are not one of the three mitzvahs. So, um, um, so basically, uh, we'll see what exactly will give you a summary as when the Raman holds the person should give his life up and when he should not at the end of the next halacha. Halacha Gimel. All this applies. Not a time of a decree of the government. If it's a time of government decree against Terry Mitzvahs, which is an evil king arises like Nebuchadnezzar or his kind he makes decrees against Jewish people does some to nullify their religion a mitzvah or to nullify just one of the mitzvahs among the mitzvahs then a person should allow himself to be killed um, rather than transgress even if it's one of the other mitzvahs not um, the, mitzvah, the, the, the big three of idolatry uh, forbidden relations or killing someone else. Beinenes psechasar, whether it's amongst ten other Jews, beinenes benelavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenavenaven
Bechol Mishnah Rabbi regarding whoever it says Yehadik Vayaver he should allow himself to be killed and not transgress. V'ar V'leinadag and he transgresses rather than letting himself be killed, so so he cannot give him temptation and he converts Chas Shalom for example, or he kills his fellow Jew for example, or he does he even eat not not kosher when it's a time of exile. He has desecrated Hashem's name. If it's among ten Jews, he has desecrated Hashem's name in public. He's nullified the positive commandment of sanctifying Hashem's name. He's transgressed the negative commandment of transgressing Hashem's name. Nevertheless, even though he did it willingly, since he was coerced by circumstance, a Malkinus say he doesn't get punished by the lashes, for example. Needless to say, he does not get capital punishment by Bezdin. For example, if he worshipped idols or he, or he killed someone else. Even if he killed someone else, but it was because someone else tried to kill him, the is that he's not Chayiv Misa. The only time you punish someone with lashes or death is if he transgresses deliberately, willingly. There's witnesses and there's, he's, he's warned. like it says, regarding the case where a person gives his descendant over to the idolatry called Malich, when you pass your descendants between two large fires. I will place my face against that man to punish him. We learn from how that person gets punished. But not somebody who's forced. Somebody who did it deliberately is punished, but not someone who's forced. Vleishay ignores somebody who does it uh, by accident, inadvertently. Vleimutor, if he's made a mistake. If, when it comes to idolatry, which is the most severe transgression. If someone does it because he's being coerced, he's not chayiv kares. Need to say he's not chayiv capital punishment bezdin certainly to other mitzvahs in the Torah that if a person does it because he's being forced even though he's supposed to not do it let himself be killed if the circumstance requires it still he is not punished regarding Arayis you see another example where forbidden relations to the maiden you shall not do anything over there the Apostle is talking about a case where a woman transgresses forbidden relations because she's forced to and the Torah says she is not punished because she was forced. Even though, technically speaking, one would argue that she has a requirement to give up her life, but the fact is, is that the Pasuk is saying nothing is done to her if she is forced. Why is that? is the most stringent transgression. It's the basic, basic fundamental, quintessential tr- sin. Right, we just talked about the first, first one, right? First yeah. mitzvah. So yeah. yeah. Right, the basic mitzvah is to believe in Hashem. The basic Aveda is to guard from the opposite. Now here's an interesting case. What if a person lives in a place where there's a decree, like in Spain, for example, they, they, there was a decree against being a, uh, a Jew, and they had the serious nefesh to keep Torah mitzvahs under the you know without the Inquisition knowing about them, but they, but they chose not to leave. So if a person is able to save himself to flee from under the jurisdiction of this evil king he does not do so so he stays in a case where he's going to be, it's going to be necessary for him to go on Messias Nefesh or possibly not be able to do, do the mitzvah or transgress the Aveda he's putting himself in that situation he's like a dog that goes back to lick up its own vomit he's considered like someone who deliberately worships Aveda Zara because he puts himself in a scenario where he's going to have to be do, doing that he is 
cast away, he's prevented from, from the world to come. He goes down to the lowest levels of Gehenna. What if you have a bunch of women that the Goyim tell them, give us one of you, any one of you, for our own entertainment. If you don't, it's all of you. So give us one of you or it's all of you. They should all allow themselves to become violated. They should not actively participate in handing over to them one life of the Jewish people. Now, if one of them chooses to give herself over on the behalf of the group, that's, that's her choice. But they have no right to force that, to pick one of them and say, you're going and we're going to uh, uh, you know, give you over to them. Similarly, if the Goyim tell them, we can give us one of you, and we'll kill him. For our own entertainment again. Whoever it is, we don't care who it is. As long as it's a Jew, we want to kill a Jew in Jew-killing mood. And if you don't, will kill all you. They should allow themselves all to be killed. Again, they cannot actively pass over one Jew. Pick him and say, okay, you should be the one to, to go. Now again, if one of them chooses to go, that's another story. If they designate him by name and they say to the Lord, give us so-and-so, we'll kill all of you. If he was someone who was obligated to, to, to die, according to Terah, like Shev Ben Bichri. He's looking at Shmuel Bey's in Pasuk Chav for the context. Basically, he was Mechuyev Misa because he had rebelled against David HaMelech. He had, he had, uh, Dar Melech was the king and he, had not, he did not uh, afford him the proper honor. And then they should give him over to be killed. If they're demanding it and he's guilty, guilty they, they can give him over. If they know the halacha. But if they come to the Rav and they ask, what's the din? Can we give him over? He's high of me, so they're asking for him. And they're saying, if we don't give him over, they're going to kill us all. Can we give him over? The Rav, the Rav can tell them, yes. If they know the halacha, if someone there knows the halacha, he can do it. But to actually instruct them to do it is not done. If that individual they're asking for is not high of me, they just don't like him because he, you know, whatever. They can't give him over. They have to allow themselves all to be killed. You cannot actively give over to them one Jewish person. As we said regarding being forced, the same thing applies to situation of coercion based on being sick. So just like you can transgress a Torah when you're being forced in certain situations, so so if a person is sick. So if a person is sick and he turns towards death, in other words, he's deathly ill. The doctors say, and these are doctors who not because they decide they're doctors, they're doctors who, Taylor says they're doctors, meaning that they have a credential from the government that says they pass medical school. Not that they opened up a Chinese medicine shop and they said that they are you know, doctors. So you see it's important to be Taylor going to a doctor who actually has a credential. And the same thing applies to mental health. You go to a person who is a mental health professional, you can't just be hang up a sign that says life coach. You have to be somebody who, who the government says has din of So, the, and their doctors say, that this person can be healed and saved if he transgresses this commandment. We do it to save his life. We, we uh, heal the person and we transgress all the transgressions in the, for the sake of this person who is in danger. Chutz, again, for the same exceptions of Eskechavim, idolatry, Gilarois, forbidden relations, Shvichas Damim, or murder. Even if it's a matter of death, being deathly ill, you cannot heal through these, 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 uh, these, these means. So, what would that be, for example, right? If a person is deathly ill and needs to have a liver, a kidney transplant, there's only one person on planet who is, is the match, right? And he doesn't want to give a kidney. So, I'll kill him to save the guy who, who, who needs a kidney. No, you can't do that. Um, what would be an example of forbidden relations or idolatry to save his life? 
Uh, I don't have an example offhand, but the Ramah is going to give an example for one of those soon. We'll see. If if he transgresses and heals himself, and he kills that guy to get his kidney, to save someone else, or to save himself, he gets punished in court as if it was just a random murder. Because there's no head there to transgress these three, even for a person who's deathly ill. Just like you can't transgress to save your life. Say again? No. Correct. Correct. How do we know that even in the case of a person's life being in danger? These three transgressions are never transgressed. Now the Pasuk says, This is coming after it says to believe in one God, right? In the Shema. You should love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your life, and all your might. Tells you, even if He takes your soul, there are situations where you have to uphold the mitzvah of one believing one Hashem, not to worship idols. Another, another, another thing we said you cannot do is kill someone else. So killing a, a Jew to, he, to heal an, another Jew, another person, or to save a person from someone who wants to kill them, so to kill my business partner. Because if I don't kill a mafia, he'll kill me. It, it makes sense that you cannot do that. Why should you be allowed to destroy one soul to save another soul? Ultimately, if one person is going to die, why should it be him, him, him over the other individual? Forbidden relations are juxtaposed in the Torah to murder. And therefore, just like you cannot kill somebody to save a life, you cannot have forbidden relations to save a life. How do we see they're put next to each other in the Torah? Like it says regarding the case of rape, when a person, like a person stands against his fellow and kills him, this forced forbidden relations is the same manner. So we see again, just like you, can, you cannot logically kill one person to save someone else, Therefore, the terrorist says you can also not have forbidden relations to save someone else. Now, when is it true? When do we say that you cannot, in order to transgress the terror, he has to be deathly ill to feed him, let's say, pig, for example. He has to be deathly ill. If you're eating it in a normal way, you're feeding a, a, a sick person who's deathly ill, forbidden food like creepy collars, right? All kinds of medicine, you know, Chinese medicines that are made out of bugs or creepy calling it, uh, uh, bugs or, 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 or vermin. For example, once you come on Pesach, he's deathly ill. Or you want to eat him, have him eat on Yom Kippur. These are all examples where, if you're just doing the, the doing doing the eating in the normal manner, where you're it's a regular situation of enjoying the food, where you would normally enjoy the food, for that the person has to be deathly ill. So again, but if the person is just sick, he's not his life is not in danger, he can't eat not kosher food on Pesach because he's not going to die. If, however, the manner of transgression of is not the normal way of enjoyment, for example, the person is benefiting from Chomets on Pesach, or he's benefiting from the fruit of the tree in the first three years, which is forbidden. But he's not doing the normal enjoyment, like, the, like, like of eating it, for example. He's using the Chomets or the juice from the Arla fruit to create a, a, a medicine that he's going to put on a wound. He's not eating it, he is benefiting from it. But it's not the normal way of benefiting. Right? The normal way of benefiting from Chomets is eating it. Here he's benefiting from it in an abnormal way. Or he's eating non-kosher food, but it's made into a medicine which has other herbs which make it very bitter. So it's not the way you enjoy it. So there's no benefit for the palate. He doesn't enjoy the eating it. So in that case, because it's not the normal manner of enjoyment, then a sick person is allowed to do so even if he's not deathly ill. He's just non-deathly ill. 
Now, how sick do you have to be to be able to allow, to, to benefit from uh, non-kosher food in the medicine? Is it okay if it's just a minor headache? Does it have to be a serious illness, but not deathly? That one doesn't exactly uh, give us the, the exact definitions. There's an exception over here where you're not allowed to uh, benefit from these, from, from forbidden things, even if it's not an old manner of, ben- of uh, benefiting from it, if, unless you're deathly ill. The exception here is which is mixtures of, uh, of, of grapes with other species. So, for example, if a medicine made out of milk and meat, even though you're not, you're not enjoying it because it tastes like t- tastes horrible, you're not allowed to take it unless you're deaf healed. The fish, therefore, you're not allowed to be healed from them, even if it's not the normal manner of enjoyment, unless it's a situation of being in danger of your life. Good? Clear? Halacha tests. Very interesting halacha. A person casts his eyes upon a woman. The Chol of Natalamus said he got so, so lovesick that now he's deathly ill if he can't have her. Ramarei from the, and their doctors say, There's no way this guy will live unless they have relations. Yamas let him die out to Boyle. She should not have relations with him. Even if she's not married. Even if we want to suggest maybe we'll save him by having them have a conversation from behind the walls. He can't even see her. We don't instruct him to do so. You can't tell him they're not allowed to, but you don't tell him to do that to save his life. The Yomus and he'll die. Don't instruct them to save him by having him be allowed to talk to her from behind the wall. The Jewish women should not be free for all. And these manners will come to lead to promiscuity. So it's not, you can't have a Jewish society where every time someone says that he's lovesick to someone and if he doesn't have a connection to her of some sort, he's going to die, that we kind of make them. Uh, uh, available to whoever, whoever comes to this situation. What is this mitzvah? What is this? It sounds like some kind of tailed up from a mitzvah. Say again? Seemingly this, what are the 365 mitzvahs this coming from? So, good question. What exactly is the prohibition of you? It sounds like it's none. It sounds like that it's simply a matter of preventive medicine, that it shouldn't be that, that, uh, that anybody is, that, that men are going to just not control themselves. Yeah, that as well. It is. But, but over here, the, the, the vortex is that you're going to have situations where people are not going to control their, their, where, they, where they look, not control the way they think, allow themselves to become obsessed. And then anybody who they, who they cast their eyes upon now is obligated to satisfy them, uh, to save them. That's not appropriate. So you're right. So it's not a manner of a particular mitzvah or avera, apparently. Yeah. In fact, the Gemara over here says says it really happened. Yeah. And uh, and it says that even for, for if, uh, yeah. Come on. Okay. Fine. Halachiyut. Call the person who transgresses deliberately. Without being forced. Allah has become mitzvahs on any one of the commandments. Hamurish potato at said potato, beshat nefesh, brazenly. The hachas, just for spite against Hashem. Hayes and Machalas Hashem, that's also a chil Hashem, desecrating Hashem's name. Therefore, Nemar, it says in the Pasuk, Bishwa Shekhar, regarding a false oath. Bechilalta, Hashem, Hashem, Akacha, you have transgressed the name of Hashem, your God. And Yashem. So a person just tamaze swears falsely for no reason. Not to protect himself, to swear, he swear I paid back the money. Just makes an oath for no reason. 
but he doesn't have to. That's a false, a false oath. That's a chilashem. If it's done among ten Jews, it's a transgression of Hashem's name in public. Conversely, on the positive side, whoever refrains from a sin, not for any external purpose, not because of dread, not because of fear of anybody, not for his own honor, except for the sake of Hashem. Like Yosef Atzadik refrained from his wife, from master's wife, where nobody would have known. That's sanctifying Hashem's name, even though there's no one around there, right? So it's a kiddush Hashem among 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 the universe. No Allah, for example. And if it's of course, if it's in public, of course, it's a kiddush Hashem. Now, if it's in public, you could say he did it for people looking on. Let's say let's say no one he doesn't know people looking, right? That's mamish kiddush Hashem in public. Now, as kids, you always told Chil Hashem means don't shout too loud in the mall, right? You know, <laughs> behave yourself in public. So that's what Halachi Alf goes into. There are other matters, are included in desecrating Hashem's name, but not like, you know, in the classic sense. Who provides They're done by a person who's great in Tehidah. He's famous for, generally speaking, for doing the right thing, for acting with piety. But the things, because he does them, people talk negatively about him. But even though they're not technically sins, that's a, that's a desecration of Hashem's name, because of who he represents. Again, for example, buys from the store, he doesn't pay for it right away, even though he can afford to. Although he can, but he chooses not to. Takes on credit, even though, and, and the storekeeper offers credit, but he he can pay for it, and, it's, and it's, it's, people know he can pay for it. But he takes advantage of being given on credit. That's called the chilashem. And the people who are the, the sellers are the. Uh, are, so I spoke too soon here. It also has to be apparently that the sellers are demanding the money, and he tells he tells them, "I'll come back later. I'll, I will pay. I'll pay you a different time again, even though he has the means." Oh, another example. He's, he's very much into, into jesting. And he eats and drinks among the uh, peasant folk. Or he speaks with people in an unpleasant manner. He does not greet them politely. He's always in a, in a fight. He's angry. Any of these other like any of these type of things, which are not formal sins, but they're not complimentary to a person. And he's Tamil Chacham. Based on the requirements, is you know the more of a Talmud Chacham is, the more we scrutinize his behavior. He has to be very particular with himself. and act beyond the call of duty, right? Beyond the, 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 law, the letter of the law. So Talmud Chacham has an obligation to be not just like an average person. The other things are not so bad for an average person. Once in a while, he gets angry. He's not, you know, uh, he, 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 he's more of a, of, a, of a joker. For Talmud Chacham, it's not appropriate. And based on the greatness of his uh, being a Talmud Chacham, that's the more requirement of him to be uh, more uh, 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 particular by keeping all these things. On the positive side, is careful on himself. And his speech was pleasant with all people. And everyone likes him. He gets along with everyone. He greets everyone politely. And he, even when he's humbled by others, he's humbled by other people sometimes he doesn't humble, he doesn't humble them back or put them down uh, in return he's honored by the excuse me he honors others even the people who belittle him again we're not talking about a brother in a community he has, to, he has to stand up for his honors people should respect him but with, otherwise we're talking about the regular so again he's, he's very much uh, an agreeable personality 
When he deals, does business honestly, pleasantly, he doesn't uh, spend a lot of time amongst the hospitality of the of the of the, the peasant folk and in, in their in their in their uh, social settings. He's most commonly seen. He's not seen doing. Any, he's not usually seen doing anything except studying Torah. While wrapped in his talis, crowned in his tefillin, as they used to do all day back in the day. He does everything beyond the letter of the law, beyond the basic requirements. He shouldn't become very far and isolated from society and become a hermit. That's not a kiddush Hashem. But if he's doing things appropriately and not becoming a hermit, to the point that we find everybody uh, praises him. Loves him. Wants to act the way he acts. They find his deeds attractive. That's sanctifying Hashem's name because the Talmud represents Hashem. Regarding them, the pasuk says, Hashem said to me, Yisrael, you, Yisrael, my Jewish people are my servant. I spare with you. In you, I am glorified.'"